right, what's up? It's episode 19. Tommy and Seven are here. But before we get into it, we want to know, are you looking to gear up with some unique designs featuring your uh, favorite teams, players, sayings, movie references, all that good stuff? Are you trying to represent the breakdown in your hometown? Well, now you can get some of the coolest gear, some of the most comfortable gear, and it's all while supporting local artists with Tee Public. Tee Public's an internet store featuring tons of t-shirt designs that you can put on anything, not just t-shirts, hoodies, three-quarter sleeves, long sleeves, swag out your dog in the new dog tee. Use our URL bit.ly slash the breakdown store. That's the B-R-K-D-W-N store. Use that so they know we sent you. All sales benefit the creating artist, and if you use our link, we get a small portion of the profit. That's bit.ly.com, or I'm sorry, bit.ly slash the breakdown store, T Public is always had our back they're local artists go support them and you can get the uh the the oakland what's this called the oakland baseball mascot t-shirt it's a pixelated elephant it's actually pretty cool i'd rock it you should rock it um they're down one nothing right now because yandy yandy diaz knows that aloha means goodbye um full disclosure we're recording in the first inning of the wild card game so you're getting live reaction and with that let's go it's showtime now it's time for a breakdown. You're listening to Gap to Gap, brought to you by The Breakdown. Three, two. That was drilled deep to left field. Going back, choice. Looking up. See ya. 3,000. History with an exclamation point. Back to full. Red Sox fans have longed to hear it. The Boston Red Sox are world champions. A swing and a drive to deep right. Away back. Goal! Jason Giambi has done it. All right, episode 19. Tommy, seven, wildcard action. Seven, what's up, my dude? Not too much, man. Uh, just loving this wildcard energy right now. Last night's game was an absolute fucking thriller, and we already got some dingers going off right now in the first with uh, Tampa Bay and Oakland. So strap in. Yeah, strap in is right. And it's, it's, it's so cool for me to, I mean, I don't know. You, you've talked about your disdain for both of these teams. Yep. I wrote um, about it too. <laughs> yeah, it, 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 wild card wishfuls, and, and somebody's got to come through, and these guys did. Um, you let the Rays have it. Oh yeah, which was uh, awesome. I let the Indians have it for good reason, apparently. Yep. Um, and now we had the awesome game last night. We're in the wild card game. We're in the first inning right now. We both got it going on the Watch ESPN app. No shameless plug there. Um, <laughs> but we got to start where we always start. Yep. It's time to meet the fucking Mets. The Mets, in a unique situation, they go 86, and what's the loss total? I know they won 86 games. What is that? 70, 70, uh, 70, 86 and 76. Yep. Right? Math? It's cool. Math, Uh, 86 86 (laughs) and 76, and if if you're a fan of, of Scott Van Pelt like I am, you really enjoyed the bad beat this week. Oh my god, it was perfect. Because if you had the under on Mets wins, which was eighty five and a half, you were looking pretty. That 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 Braves game. 
yeah, Braves come to. back. Braves come back to hit three home runs in extra innings to take a th- uh, a two run lead. So you had Dominic Smith coming to the plate, two on, two out. It, it, it looks like a lock, and then Yabo. Yep. In the words of Kenny Mayne, he hit it over the, some fencing they had set up in the outfield. <laughs> and just like that, the Mets win it in eleven. And you can rip up that ticket. So this is a positive meet the Mets. Is it though? Because I think most people were probably hoping they lost that game. So what's even... the difference between eighty five and eighty six besides the ticket? Uh, one digit. Yeah. So I think if you're a Mets fan, you're happy. I guess. Yeah. Yeah. You're true. Yeah. That's true. I, we got to give them some type of love. I guess. So yeah. I could. A good way to end a very up-and-down season for the New York Mets. Hitting a walk-off and costing people around the country thousands and thousands of dollars. Not to mention um, just giving us a great punchline. Oh, yeah. just. I, I think I think this is the best way to end the regular season of Meet, to Met, meet the Mets. Yeah, they walk it off. They, <laughs> they dunked on us. They dunked on us. There we go. You win, Mets. Yep. <laughs> um... I think that in come January, that's going to be a fun one for us to do, is going doing the over-unders of every team. Yeah, that'll be fun, because I think I'm definitely going to take the over on the Mets now that I just know they're fucking diabolical. Oh, then I'm going to hammer the under. Hammer the over. <laughs> because it's the Mets. We'll see what the total is when it comes out. Yeah, All right. A uh, lot of managers losing their job. We talked about the Padres. We talked about, um, you know, Ned Yost. Uh, but but Clint Hurdle, Brad Ausmus, Joe Madden, and Bruce Bochy, we, we touched on Yost, all out. And leaving some, uh, some, and, and uh, oh, I'm sorry, shit. Who's the the Angels guy? Brad oh, Osmus. Brad Osmus, yeah. Brad Osmus also out uh, in L.A. Who do you think got the raw deal? Uh, yeah, let's start with that. Who got the raw deal here? I think in terms of what they were brought in to do and how long they had to do it, Brad Osmus. I would uh, agree. Definitely got the raw deal. I think he got raw dogged by the front office uh, of the Angels. Just absolutely pegged. Uh, no chance to really turn the team around, and granted, he did not have a good first season. They lost 90 games, so you got to look at that with a grain of salt, though. No, you know, they didn't have any pitching. Uh, we didn't get to see what Osmus was probably going to do with another year under his belt. They have a, a decent farm system, not great, but I, I don't know. I, I think the roster itself doesn't lead to a lot of victories right away. But, again, I think the Angels just kind of had their hearts set on getting Joe mad, and they saw when he was available, they just cut ties with Osmus right away. I think on top of that, when you have, you know, what is it, 18 years of Mike Sosha, who's given you really good baseball, to go from that to a 90-loss team. Like, this is a team that hasn't lost 90 games since... The Reagan administration. 1996. (laughs) So the Clinton administration. They went... Yeah, they haven't lost ninety. They went they went seventy and ninety one in nineteen ninety six, and to me, I get it. Like you said, he kind of had a roster that was set up to fail. Yeah, but he kind of mismanaged the bullpen. But again, yeah, he got he got a raw deal. His first year in LA, I, I I mean. I, I just I don't know. I think that's I think that's a bad look for for the Angels organization. Yeah, and I think to double down too, and 
I'll be the first to say, like, I don't think Brad Ausmus was a very inspiring hire to begin with when they hired him. Um, he didn't have success in Detroit <laughs> either. And some guys have it and some guys don't. And as far as getting new blood, to your point, after Mike Sosha has been there for almost 20 years and you pick a guy like Ausmus, it's, it was kind of like a lame duck from the get-go in that sense. Granted, I didn't think he was going to be gone after one year, but I thought he'd have at least two and or you know go out the whole contract, which was I I believe for three years. Yeah. So, but yeah, I didn't think it was a very inspiring hire. I think when you're turning the page like that from such a you know longevity and Sosha and everything with that, you want to get someone like new blood who who can energize the team. And Osmus just didn't look like he had it to me. Uh, just looking at his time in Detroit as well. So. I don't agree with cutting him this early, but I, I don't think he was going to last much longer than, you know, two, three years anyway. Yeah. Could you make the, ar- the, the argument that I know it wasn't a firing, but it was a, a moving on from? Could you make the argument that Joe Madden got kind of a raw deal? No, because I think that was more, that was agreeable. Like it, it, there was a mutual understanding that I think Madden was ready to move on, and Madden kept saying in all the interviews that he wanted to stay, but... It, there was never any conviction behind it, in my opinion. I think Madden was ready to move on. Um, I think he saw what was kind of happening with the Cubs, with the roster, their farm system. And I think that window is closing pretty quickly at this point. They have a lot of veterans now that are getting older. They don't have enough minor league depth to replace it on the fly. And they don't have enough assets to make trades that would make your team better at the same time. So... I get it, it's Chicago, it's the Cubs, they can probably get some free agents, but I think Madden wants to just kind of go to a place where he has a chance to shape the team in his image, and he had that chance in Chicago, and he had that chance in Tampa. I think he's a guy like Belichick in terms of having a lot of roster control in terms of what he has in front of him, and I think you just kind of have to let him go for it. You know, you mentioned that uh, the Angels are kind of eyeing Joe Madden, even though you know, there was the, that was the initial report that came out. The team has denied that, saying they have no uh, specific candidate in mind. Let's talk best job available. Who do you, where do you uh, see as the best position? Because I kind of see that LA team as the best best team available. They're young. You have the best player in the game, Mike Trout. You have mm-hmm. argue, one of the top three shortstops in Angelton Simmons. A unique talent in Shohei Otani. Yeah, that's a good point. I think the Angels. So. Uh, I'll say this. I think the best job available hasn't been made available yet because I, I really mm. think I really think Mickey Callaway is going to get axed. And I think there, it's going to be the same reason that Osmus got let go is because the Mets are probably looking at it now saying, look at all these ex-managers that are available now, Madden being the chief among them. It's because I, I think the Mets have the best job that would be available if it becomes available. But speaking in the present right now, yeah, I would probably say L.A., and I think you're right. They have, you have the best player in Mike Trout, generational talent. You have a unique situation with Otani. I'd love to see how a manager can actually unlock all the potential of him in both assets of the game because I know he can pitch and I know he can hit. I want to see how he can like combine that into a full season. I think Madden would probably be the best bet to get it out of him. Uh, yeah, there's, there's definitely some holes there, but we've seen Madden work with a makeshift roster in the past. He's definitely capable of doing it. So I think that's a match made in heaven right now. But I think, if I'm being honest, Mickey Calloway is not long for New York. And I think if that opens up, that would probably be the most enticing job on the market. Counterpoint to that, 
I mean, granted, the Mets we've we've seen do not go about things the traditional way, but don't you think they would have let him go if he wasn't their guy? I think it's coming soon. I I know they had their their press conference on Monday, um, but it seems like everything in the news and the media is reporting that it is very uneasy and no one really knows what's happening. And to your point, they're unorthodox, so. Is it really in Mets' true fashion to do it on the day that you're supposed to, or should we Fair. drag it out into the fucking winter meetings and then say, "Oh, we're going with someone new"? So, by the way, I know that the teams already have their new managers, but we're just getting rid of ours. Yeah, exactly. So, so interview <laughs> process. <laughs> yeah, let's just show up and tell us you want it. At that point, <laughs> like, we posted this on Indeed. Um. <laughs> yeah, I found it on uh, LinkedIn Sales Navigator. I thought this was a good fit for me. Uh, Monster.com also had you guys listed. But, no, I, I think Madden's a good fit for them because of all the talent they have. They have great pitching. Um, they have a good farm system. Again, we got to see what happens. I also think Joe Girardi would be a really good fit for some of these teams. I think. Well, Girardi came out and said he wouldn't mind managing again. Yep. So, I think you look at the Let Pirates. Me, before, you, before you go off on Girardi, before you go off on Girardi, um, I just see fucking Brody sitting in his office and pulling a Michael Scott and just you hear the monster sounds and somebody's in the other room like it's monster <laughs> monster.com not monsters oh singular <laughs> or when he's like negotiating the contract he'll just talk super like very quiet under his breath like when he was trying to negotiate with Daryl when he wanted a new when he wanted a new raise I am refusing to talk first <laughs> yep Oh my god! I really feel. I, I hope he's really not Wait, that much. Of did we did we just make Brody Michael Scott? Is that a thing? I think we did. I think we just did. <sighs> and you know what? I'm okay with it. Yeah. I All right, go too. off on go off on Girardi. Sorry to cut you off there. No, that was perfect. Honestly, like yeah, Brody is Michael Scott. Where was I? Joe Girardi. Okay. Um, I think Girardi is a perfect fit for the Pirates, and I think if because Clint Hurdle. Clearly had to go uh, after this season, specifically. Uh, there was people fighting in the clubhouse. The, one of the pitching coaches got into a fight with one of their pitchers. They had to suspend him internally. Uh, I'm not even not to mention on... the deal with the pitcher. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I'm not gonna. One touch winning on... season in wow. How long was he there? Seven, he was there seven eight like... years. Eight years. Yeah, eight years. Uh, he made, uh, they had some good years. They had a few good years there. Made the playoffs. They they won ninety plus games a couple years there. Um, again, I, I think Hurdle, I don't know if he's a great Four manager. Four winning seasons. Four winning seasons, okay. So I don't, I don't know if Hurdle's a great manager, but I think he had to go. He definitely lost control of the team, and it was pretty obvious because it looked like the set of fucking Fight Club in there. Uh, they got more yeah. brawls this year than Aaron Boone yelled at managers, so or yelled at umpires, so put that into perspective. <laughs> um, but yeah, I think Yikes. I think Girardi is a good fit there because he has that authoritarian kind of presence. He's very stiff. Uh, he he will put you in line right away. And you know, there's been reports of him not meshing with like the, the upstart Yankees when they were turning a new leaf. Uh, but I think if you put him in a, a place like Pittsburgh, where clearly they need some discipline because they lack the discipline, uh, you could probably get more out of that team with a guy like Girardi at the helm. So uh, I think that's a great match for him. Again, we'll see what happens. He did say he wants to manage, but anything can happen. Girardi, I mean, and and you know this better than I do, you know, having him as your manager uh, for a few years there. He strikes me as a big get-off-my-lawn guy with the new age of baseball. Yeah, he has that kind of Clint Eastwood, you know, 
I don't want to fucking deal with you if you're not going to respect me type of deal going on. Uh, so, yeah, I definitely see that. He is Gran Torino in the clubhouse. Um, oh, great movie. Oh, amazing movie. But, yeah, he, he's definitely – so Brody's Michael Scott. Girardi is Clint Eastwood. We can agree. <laughs> also, he had braces while he was in his late 40s, so there's that. Has nothing to do with the way he would manage a team. I just think it's funny. <laughs> All right, we talked best job available. What about the worst one? Um, to me, I see the Giants, maybe the Royals as the worst job out there. I'd say the Royals because at least the Giants have some payroll flexibility. Um they can attract free agents easier than the Royals. I think the Royals, and that's why I think Nettios, I Nettios moving on was probably overdue at this point, but I think Yost is such a, a perfect example of do more with less because the way he turned that team around for that short window when they made the World Series and they won the World Series, I, I don't think it's easy to do, especially in Kansas City with a small market like that. Yeah, and I think you have to be a certain type of guy to want to take that on your plate because they don't have that flexibility in Kansas City, and they're they're very dependent on their pipeline of prospects. And right now, as it stands, they're not where they probably want to be. So I would probably say the Giants are more attractive in terms of a location. B, the team you have right now still has some veterans, and then C, their their pipeline for prospects is actually looking better now. Um, and I think. With everything that's going on with that team, you can still attract free agents to at least play for you. Yeah, that's true. And I think in terms of the attractiveness, that's also going to depend on the on what manager you get. Because I think Joe Madden, wherever he goes, is going to attract guys, uh, oh, dudes absolutely. that want to go there. So, like, let's say Joe Madden somehow lands in Kansas City, that becomes a heck of a lot more attractive of a destination. Yeah, no, that's a good point. Imagine Joe Madden going to Kansas City and just basically redoing what he did with the Rays just to see if it works again. Don't even joke. That would be... I could see him doing it and just... I know, I can too. Making the Indians' life fucking hell. The White Sox are going to do that. The White Sox are on the rise. Yeah, they're... They just fired their hitting coach today. Yeah, I know. And the Indians fired their uh, bullpen coach today too. Yeah, I saw that. Yeah, so Uh, a lot of movement right now. Yeah. I think it's it's such an interesting time of year for for those teams that are in the middle. Yeah, because if you look at a team like the Reds too, like I think the Reds are in a position to start not get a new manager, but there's definitely a lot of spots open for developmental roles, uh, coaching staff roles. I think they could be a sneaky team next year if they have the right leadership. And some of these teams with vacancies for the managers. I think all it takes is a, is a new guy at the helm. The Pirates are probably, out of the list we have right now, I think the Pirates are probably the the best positioned in terms of making a leap back to relevance because their roster is actually not that bad. I think they were just mismanaged to hell. So um, hmm. take that. That's interesting to think about. Yeah, take that for what it's worth. That, at least that's my thoughts on it. So we'll see. I, I think the offseason is going to be interesting. Yeah, no doubt about that. Um, I just hope in regards to the off season that's upcoming that we see the stove a little hotter than it's been in the past. Yeah, and I think you will because at least the free agents this year, Garrett Cole and Anthony Rendon, those aren't Bryce Harper and Manny Machado, right? These guys are legit fucking superstars. 
and you're not overpaying for something that's not going to be True. around. You know, I think for the length of the contracts that they're going to get, you're probably going to see them live out and live up to the expectations of those contracts. So I don't think we have like those faux superstars. I think they're actually legit superstars this year. I'll give you that. So uh, we got a historic postseason before we're not, we're not skipping ahead to the hot stove yet. We got a, a, a postseason ahead of us that, I mean, honestly, you could probably argue is the best post uh, has the potential to be the best postseason we've ever seen. Yeah, no, it's uh, in terms of how good the teams are in this postseason. Yeah, I would 100 percent agree with that. You know, you have first time ever you have four 100-win teams in the playoffs. Um, just a subtle note here, Indians are the best team to ever miss the playoffs in the wild card era, or in the new wild card era, tied for second best team to ever miss the playoffs in the wild card era, or any wild card era, I should say. Um, not that, you know, they don't give presents for second place. No, no. Um, I'm so excited. I mean, and... and uh, MLB Network dove into these these numbers and just how good of playoffs we have this year a little more than we're going to. But, boy, it's just, uh, I, I would say, the most talented playoffs we've seen in our lifetime. Yeah, I think I think you're right, too. And I this is kind of why I like that second wild card playing game now because we get a chance to see more, uh, I guess, outcomes. I mean, the game last night with the Nationals and the Brewers, for a play-in game, it felt like, you know, I mean, it was for all intents and purposes, their game seven. Um, but it really felt like a lot was at stake, and the teams were very evenly matched. So it was entertaining to watch from that sense. But looking at all these series in general, there's no true, like, one overpowering team that can run away with it. I guess you can make the argument the Astros probably are the best suited to sweep in their respective series. But I don't, I don't think this is going to be as lopsided as recent postseasons have been. Piggybacking off of that, um, you mentioned it being like a Game 7. Do you think we're going to tra- eventually trend toward a place where this wild card game is a three-game series? Hmm. That's a good question. I personally, at this point, don't think I want that. And I know I, I'm going to flip-flop because I know I said earlier in the year we, we do need that. But the only reason I'm going to say no is because the excitement from watching that game last night and this game right now with the bases... Uh, nope, never mind. Charlie Morton got out of it. Very anticlimactic by me. Oh, that's really cool that you're a pitch ahead of me. Oh, maybe two pitches <laughs> ahead of me. Anyway, no, I think the excitement and just really the stakes at, at hand because if you turn it into a three-game series, then it's essentially just an extra series in the postseason because at that point, why not turn it into a five-game series to get in? So I think the one-card play-in to, to face the best actually means a lot and like last night fireworks right comes down to the eighth mm-hmm. inning and that was just i don't know about you but i was jumping out of my fucking seat watching that that was entertaining oh as my hell. gosh so i want it was electric i want all that this is why i love postseason baseball too because i love moments like that and you could like the crowd was louder than the pa and the pa ended up going out at the national stadium so things were rocking in dc and i, I want to see that continue for years to come um in any wild card situation see i get that but at the same time like you could make the argument that you know last night might not have been a true indication of how these teams match up because if if 
you know, Grisham doesn't make that error. Right. We still could be playing ball, or the Brewers could have, it might not have taken all the wind out of the Brewers' sails, and they might come back and win that game in extras. You know what I mean? No, that's a good point, too, but I think that's also why it's so entertaining, because fair, an error is an error for a reason. You don't count on it happening, but when it happens, you know, that's, that's still on you. Uh, it shouldn't have happened in the first place, right? So I think Grisham, because at that point, if he makes that play, two runs are still scoring. It's a tie game. To your point, we go to extra innings. So, yeah, I, I can see, like, the argument, like, well, we could extend it a little bit more, but... I think that was perfect, though. The way it ended, the way it happened, everything just kind of coming together like that in the, in the late stages of a game. I think that was perfect. That was a very good playoff atmosphere to get you kind of ready for what's to come now. Yeah, I'm not, I'm, not, I'm not arguing. I think I think last night was outstanding. It was one of my favorite. I think probably the best wild card game we've had uh, in the wild, the new wild card era. Yeah, I would 100% agree with that. Um, but I don't. Know, I think it would be so much fun to to see that stretched out over three games and then seeing how teams deal with pitching. Now, I mean, who starts game one here for, for Washington? Did they announce it yet? Yeah. It's going to be Patrick Corbin. Okay. I kind of forgot they had Patrick Corbin. Yeah. It's like easy to overlook when you just keep hearing about Scherzer and Strasburg. So I truthfully thought they they might go with Strasburg because he only threw 31 pitches, I believe. Yeah. Uh, I think after last night's performance, if I'm if I'm the Nationals, I want Corbin going game one, and then I want Strasburg going game two. I don't want to fuck around with throwing Anibal Sanchez in game two or, or bringing Max back. Let me pitch my best right away just to get it out of the way. And then should you need Corbin to come back on short rest or Strasburg on short rest, go with them. Not to say I don't want Max Scherzer pitching at all because you want him to pitch for you, but I don't want him in a spot that's like a defining spot because I think he showed again last night that he does not have that clutch factor. Yeah, and I think it'll be interesting to see because you have game three for that series would be on Sunday, which would be back in Washington, and that would give Scherzer regular rest. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, realistically, that could be a, a winner, winner go home kind of game. If they don't take at least one on the road, yeah, no, that's, a, that's a winner go home. And do you trust Scherzer in a winner go home, or do you trust him on Friday, let's say, on shorter rest, or do you push him back to game four, which would also probably be a winner to go home? Yeah, that's a good point. I think the way they position it right now with Corbin going first, because I, li- I like Corbin mm-hmm. more than what the Dodgers can throw out, if that makes sense. I, I don't trust Kershaw in the postseason. No, I, sh- I shouldn't say that. I I don't think Kershaw is... Well, Bueller a... was named game one starter. Okay, so... Oh, I they... just, I'm literally just reading this. It was at, it was at 6.08 today. They, they named him game one starter. Okay, I still like I still like Corbin more than Bueller. Um, I, I don't know why. I just think Corbin's got, like, been sneaky good uh, this whole year. Not and then Rich Bueller. Hill will be game four. Oh, so I want Scherzer against Rich Hill in that scenario. I think Rich Hill is one blister away from just absolutely shitting his pants. Yeah, you're not wrong. So you're not wrong. Yeah, I, it could hmm. be. It could be. A, I think a do or die. But yeah, I, I'd still want Scherzer in that position. That's shaping up to be a really fun series. I think. That's I. I'm. I think both the net, both the National League series are going to be incredibly fun to watch. Yeah, I am actually. I'm definitely more excited for the Nationals Dodgers. 
for the reason that, A, I took a futures bet on the Nationals to make the World Series, so got a little extra riding on the line with them. But also from a baseball fan perspective, I think it would just be so cool to see the Nationals take down the Dodgers and then finally win a series in the postseason. Because I think after that, they actually match up better than any other team. Also, calling the Nationals win last night a series win is bullshit. That's why I just said that's not a series win. <laughs> a series win is when you yeah. play a series of games, not a series of innings yeah. that we call it. Exactly. Game. So, yeah, that is not exactly. a series win. That's, that's, you won a game to get into the playoffs. Congratulations. Yeah. <laughs> so. Couldn't agree more. Couldn't agree more. I think when you're looking at it from I, – I like what you're saying about if the Nationals, you know – get hot or stay hot I should say mm-hmm. and, and can and can perform against the Dodgers I'm saying if you were to let's say simulate these games you know 10,000 times I think you'll see more parity in St. Louis Atlanta than you will Washington LA yeah no I, I agree with that a hundred percent too I think the Atlanta and St. Louis series is very close and when I was doing my predictions for that series I almost like I almost want to say draw. It's almost a flip of a coin. Yeah, like, <laughs> I almost want to just really write that way, draw. Like, I really don't fucking know at this point because they have the same issues and the same strengths. There's nothing that is like a defining, oh, my God, another home run by Tampa Bay. The old are losing their mind. They it must should be, be in it bed. Must be, it must be so nice to be living in the future because I still got a 1-1 count. Oh, my God. Oh, you'll see it. I mean, yeah. <laughs> but... Um, <laughs> The over of seven's looking pretty good right now. Yeah, it is. I took the under. Fuck. Um, you hate to see it. Hate to see it. So I was thinking over all the way. You should have gave me a ring seven. Uh, I know. I when I I lock in, in of, and I make stupid bets. In the words of one of our favorite podcast hosts, life's way too short to bet the under. Yeah, that's a good, very good call. Oh, adios, baseball. <laughs> who was that Garcia that was Garcia yeah okay. was there another one that I missed no no no, no. I just I couldn't okay. tell yeah that was Garcia it's um, weird watching a playoff game when it's muted because I feel like I know how crazy it is but I can't hear it I don't know yeah um I uh, I love postseason baseball it's the there's nothing quite best. like it it is the there's best. nothing quite like it um, I can't wait till we put you, you know, uh, on live stream, just sitting there having to sweat out the Yankees. I'm actually kind of freaking out about that now because I can get pretty emotional. So. <laughs> <laughs> I so. also can't wait. I, I like, don't get me wrong, seven. I love you, bud. And I love, and I'm rooting, I'm honestly rooting for your Yankees. You want me to fucking but. cook. I wouldn't mind you doing the chop <laughs> challenge. I would not say no to it. <laughs> oh, yeah, I don't I don't want to do that. Oh, do we have another home run? No, just a little fucking foul ball. Fuck this field. Um, okay, let's talk about that. Is this the worst field to ever watch a game from, probably? No, Tampa Bay. I, like This is why this is a to fucking... To watch a game. Oh, to watch a game? Never been there. Wish we had Jordan on right now because he's lived there and he's been to multiple games at the Coliseum. Think we can call him? Think we can call him? Yeah, you can probably call him. Give him a call. Let's let's call up El Jefe. <laughs> I'm just fucking spring this on him while we're while we're recording. 
Can you hear that? Can oh, you hear I, that okay? I, I can hear that loud and clear. Perfect. If he doesn't answer, I'm going to be pissed. He might not. He's probably working. Yeah. Actually, no, it's... Well... I don't oh, know. Okay, I just saw your foul ball. How did you see that? Was think that was a, a homer? I don't know. I was off the end of the bat. Right, Jordan, you're fired. <laughs> you're fired. You're fired. Can we fire him collectively? I mean... Uh, oh, here we go. Hefe, what's up, buddy? What's going on? You're on the pod. Uh, hello. Um, <laughs> is uh, the Oakland Coliseum the worst place to watch a baseball game at? like the sight lines like can you see okay in there yeah, I, do, I, yeah. I, I, I mean i i normally was a bleacher guy too um so i normally sit out by the assholes who are out there on their drums right now um that was our section we always sat in i think that's 137 it's either 137 or 142 um we'd always sit there uh so i was really close with those guys we started to sit uh second deck uh behind home plate um our last year we lived in the Bay Area. Gotcha. I feel like the area, like, beyond the, the bases, like, first and third base line are fucking terrible to watch. Oh, yeah, no. If you're sitting, like, uh, between first base and right field and you're far up, you're fucked. Like, you should just watch it from your house. Uh, because there are so many fucking rows. I mean, I think their lower level goes up to, like, 45 rows. You get Jesus. that far down the line. Dude, it's insane. That's gross. You'll think you're getting crazy, and then you're like, oh, shit, I'm way out here. Like, that's, that's one where you really need to see geek out uh, to be able to know what's a good value and also see your view from your seat. Beautiful Bingo. Plug. Use the promo code BREAKDOWN, 20 bucks off your first first SeatGeek purchase. So so we'll, we'll parlay that into the SeatGeek question uh, of the afternoon. Again, promo code BREAKDOWN, BRKDWN. Uh, who'd you, who'd you lean towards tonight? I actually, I just checked the score for the first time. I'm still at the office. Um, I, knowing it was at home, um, I was, well, hopeful for the Oakland Raiders. Um, the Raiders. But, <laughs> sorry, Jesus. Yeah, I'll tell you what, man, that Sean Mania kid, man, he's pretty good out there slinging that rock, man. <laughs> I know, right? Um, hour 13 at work. <laughs> <laughs> the the Raiders, um, but knowing they have the skeletons in the closet of the one game series, I think that Bob Melvin just has a tendency to overmanage the shit out of things, um, and I was a little worried about that. But I I know the score is not looking too good right now, but we'll see. Gotcha. Certainly leaning Gotcha. Well, we'll keep you updated. Appreciate you coming on. Uh, Seven. I don't think he can hear you. You got anything to say to him? No, just that I was right so far. It's only the third inning, but I was right. (laughs) He says he was right so far, Jordan. (laughs) Yeah, whatever. (laughs) (laughs) All right. All right, Jordan. Appreciate you taking the time.
Have a good day at work. Bye. El Jefe, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> a little impromptu <laughs> interview. Oh, I can only imagine what he thought was going on when he saw me call. He probably thought we were, like, illegally streaming the game or something. Or thought, like, I was having, like, major problems with the broadcast. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> oh, love to see it. Anyway, <laughs> where the fuck were we? I think we were on predicting the divisional series, and we talked about the Cards and the Braves, and also the Dodgers. Actually, that... Oh, you go. Do you want to dive more in? Do you want to dive further into that wild card, that National League game last night? Yeah, there's. We got to talk. We got to talk about it at surface. Yeah, we talked about it at surface. Obviously, Brewers, arguably the choke job of recent memory. Yeah, yeah, they absolutely choked. It was. That's a game. Like watching it, not to say it wasn't entertaining for most of the game, but. If you're a Brewers fan, you must feel horrible today because that game was in the fucking bag. You, if you're bringing in your best pitcher, not even just your best reliever, your best pitcher to secure that win up two runs, and you can't do that, that you got to feel like a bag of dicks today because that game was, <laughs> that game was in hand, and Hater was getting help from the ump too. Like holy shit, I thought Helen Keller was calling balls and strikes behind the plate. I've never seen a more inconsistent strike zone that favored one team more than the other. So the Brewers, for all of their might and their grit, just could not close it out. Yeah. Um, And to think you got, you know, a decent, you got a good performance, you got a good performance out of Drew Pomeranz. Yeah, somehow throwing 97, so that must be You got a good good performance out of Drew Pomeranz and you still found a way to lose. Yeah, not to mention fucking Brandon Woodruff outpitched Max Scherzer, and you're telling me you lose that game? So, I heard this this argument, or maybe this just fact, or or whatever you want to call it, posed by uh, Jim Rome today. Is Trent Grisham going to be Milwaukee's Bill Buckner? No. No, you can't. No, that's way too much to put on a kid. That he's a rookie. It was a one-game playing game, and it wasn't all his fault. Yes, it was his fault. But if Hater pitches like Hater, then they're not in that position. Uh, and I'm sorry, but like Hater pitching the way he did did not help anyone on that team. So yeah, I think Grisham. He's still young. He has a lot of promise. I I just I feel bad labeling him as the Bill Buckner of the Brewers because it wasn't a World Series game. It was a wild card playing game. They'll have, they look to have a good team. They'll be back again soon. And hopefully they can make a divisional series right off the bat. But no, I, I think that's way too early to put that on him right now. I don't disagree with you, but this is, you know, you and I are speaking as a Yankees fan and an Indians fan True. who weren't emotionally invested in that game. I don't know. I, I, I think as irrational as fans tend to be, I could see it happening. You know what we'll be telling if the Brewers trade Grisham for like a, a starting pitcher in the offseason? Because, yeah. again, Grisham was playing because Yelich wasn't. 
So that's you have to look at it through that lens too. Do I think Grisham's out there if Yelich is out there? Absolutely not. But do I understand why he was? Yes, because there's an injury and you have to prepare for that. Again, I I feel bad putting that type of pressure on a kid that's getting his first taste of Major League Baseball and was thrust into that situation when he probably wasn't ready. I yeah, I don't know. I, th- I think it's very unfair. And I don't know, Jim Rome. The kid only played 42 innings of defense all year. Yeah, so it's it's tough, man. Like, and and he has a lot of promise too. So I don't know. It, it'll be telling if the Brewers trade him. That's all I'm gonna say. If they trade him, then that shows me how much they thought of that game or thought of his performance in that game. Yeah, I'll give you that. Um, I mean, boy, there's just I feel like I feel like that this was the Nationals game. I thought, and I think. I think I thought they were they were just more talented than the Brewers and and for it to come down to the way it did. Holy shit! I think it's more telling play. about the Nationals. Sorry, God, it, it must be so nice having fast internet. Yeah, I wasn't even. You didn't get it. And out I'm going anyway. to continue. I'm going to continue to say that every time. Yeah. <laughs> um. How good must that feel for Juan Soto though? See, that's that's the thing, Soto. He's only 20 years old, but you got to be shitting mm-hmm. me. I know we talk about, and again, I don't want to get too ahead of myself, but we talk about guys like Yelich and Bellinger and Trout and, and all these marquee names that everyone seems to ha- pick as a consensus top five. I don't know how you leave Soto out of that top five after this. Just that performance alone shows that he's clutch. Wow. I'm serious. That guy, like, for as old as he is, and his splits between righties and lefties as a left-handed batter – he hits 284 against righties, 281 against lefties through the whole season. And his OPS has climbed both years in a row now. He's hit more home runs this year than last year, more RBIs. I think the sky's the limit for this kid, and I think we could be looking at like the next. Well, I'm going to say it. I'm going to say it because he has good defense too, even though he didn't play good defense last night with that fucking missed pop-up. But I'm going to say he could be the next Willie Mays. Holy shit, that's a high ceiling. I, I'm... Dude, I'm looking at him like this. There's fucking no like weak spots. Hits for average, amazing defender, great arm, great pop, five to a player. The dude's, the dude's twenty years old. You're calling him Willie fucking Mays? I said he could be, and I said he is. I said he could be. Childish Bambino is his nickname. Yeah, I love to baseball that. Reference. Yeah, it's fucking perfect for him because he's a child. But I think I just, he is a child, and I I, I want to see him play a. I want to see him be able to drink a beer before we fucking call him Willie Mays. Whoa, yeah, you're right. Maybe that was hyperbole, but I think he could be the like one of the best. I think he could be one of the best. I don't hate that though. I'll be honest. I don't hate it. Yeah, so you like it? So let's just jump on that bandwagon. He doesn't even have a full year of service time, and you're calling him Willie Mays. I thought he had. No, you're right. Fuck. No, he has he has one and a half. Baseball Reference has him. Oh, okay. This is as of one nineteen. Okay, yeah, that makes sense. Okay, I take it back. I take it back. Now I think there's been enough but of a still. sample size, though. There's, I think there's enough of a sample size for us to be able to project him being really, really good at baseball. And yes, yes. So because they said the same. Finished shit. ninth in the ninth. Ninth in the MVP. Ninth in, in war for this year. In offensive war. Okay. 
ninth in RBIs, uh, eighth in adjusted OPS plus. For a twenty-year-old, I'm not on the Willie Mays train, but I am on the this kid's really fucking good at baseball train. Yeah, he's very good at the baseball. Um, I am very he, excited to watch. He, it. How did the hitting of the balls go? Uh, went it went good. You know, just <laughs> some idiot on a podcast said I was going to be like Willie Mays, so now I got a lot to live up to. But. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I love it. Jeez, uh, oh, Louise, are we ready? I mean, I have not hid the, my love for Max Scherzer this year. No, you haven't. But he didn't look. He did not look good last night. He settled in. But yeah. No, I and like that. But is gonna. I mean, it's not good. No. And that butt is not good. No. I said before the game, someone needs to punch him in the face and give him a black eye because that's when he pitches his best. And someone should have roundhouse kicked him in the fucking dugout before he took the ball because <laughs> that was not a good showing by him. He just looked like he was overthrowing every single fucking ball. And he came out, and I don't know if it was the nerve. I'm going to attribute it to nerves mostly, but... When you start a game just piping fastballs and you're not locating said fastball with precision like you should, what makes you think hitters aren't just going to fucking sit back and wait for it? Because if you get one right down the dick, they're going to take advantage of it. And his pitch selection to start the game just wasn't what Scherzer usually does. Like he's very he's not to say he's a finesse guy, but he's al- he's also very unafraid to just dump the kitchen sink out and I didn't see that from him so it he looked timid and that's why like, I don't know if that's enough for me to say that he's not a postseason pitcher but at this point every time we've seen him pitch in the postseason it's been a mixed bag of results he doesn't have a win in the postseason. to me to me I saw a guy who went out and tried to be the guy rather than just doing your job. And I feel like I've said this a lot, but I don't think I'm wrong. <laughs> <laughs> a little pat on the back for Tommy right there. I, I mean, honestly, though, like, I, I honestly, I just don't see, like, I see him trying Another to home run do by too Diaz. much. Another home run. God. You know, thank God the Indians didn't need this guy because not at all you could never i mean the indians just had way too many home runs in their lineup this year yeah exactly they they were they had way too many they were an offensive club so there's there's no need for that (laughs) (laughs) and you know who who needs depth too exactly like it's overruled it's especially especially when you're letting your second baseman go and you had a guy who was willing to play third in yandi and and a guy who was willing to move to second in Jose Ramirez. Mm-hmm. And you, you had, apparently, you had $17.5 million hanging around because you get, just gave it to a guy who made seven fucking starts this year oh. in Corey Kluber. Go off. But, like, you, 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 gave, you gave away. You're, you're pissing. And I said it in my wild card wishful about the Indians. You, 
Corey Kluber's arm hasn't looked right since Obama was in office. And now you're giving him $17.5 million. And I'll say this, you better fucking trade him because I'm, I, I refuse to see that money just be pissed away like $4.5 million was for Danny Salazar. Good night, Sean Manaya, by the way. Um, and it's just fucking pathetic the way the Indians choose to run their organization. And now you see the fruits of the Indians' labor making key postseason contributions not in the Cleveland Indians' uniform. You see it in Yandy Diaz, and you're going to see it in the ALDS in Gio Urshela. Because who needs those kind of guys? Gio Urshela, the man after my own heart. Your boy, Famously, your boy, Gio Urshela. Yes. My my birthday triplet. <sighs> that felt good. I, I needed that almost as much as I needed the uh, the article. So, <sighs> okay, we're back. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, again, Yanni Diaz goes deep. It's 4 nothing Rays right now. This is quickly spiraling out of control for Oakland. Yeah. Now, there's really no win-win here because either way you look at it, the Astros, we're going to see home games in either the Coliseum or Tropicana Field. So you're either going to have a bunch of fucking cowbells or something that looks like it shouldn't be a baseball field to begin with. So, I mean, this is just not fun for me. But... (laughs) I am not having a good time. I'm not having a good time watching these two teams, but I did pick the race, so I feel good about myself right now as we're in the third inning with no outs, and it's 4 nothing. and Manea is out of the game. I am really, really happy right now because while you and I were talking earlier about the, the NL wildcard game, I took a long, hard look at uh, the old cell phone and the, the live line, and I really thought about laying down a couple bucks on uh oakland plus 289 <laughs> thank god you didn't do that right yeah i am very happy that i did not do that yeah it's, that's that's a tough one um but yeah smart move out of me appreciate the appreciate uh m- me talking me out of it yeah sometimes <laughs> that's all you need oh we got a pitching change for oakland is mero petite he has a petite chance of saving this game from the brink of collapse. So. <laughs> 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 you started saying that. I'm like, why is he saying this? The, the, the people are going to know. And I was like, ah. <laughs> and honestly, this makes me really hope that uh, the fucking Oakland, Oakland comes back. <laughs> Yeah, it's just and all these up. all these fucking takes that we're having are just fucking terrible. You mean all the takes I'm having because I'm very vocal. No, I I just right. I mean, I just said that I shouldn't have fucking laid money on oh, on the right. live line. Yeah, that's true. So, yeah, so both of us could look like big idiots after this. Future me might uh, might really regret this, but we'll see. Oh, <laughs> oh, what do we got here? Is that a fair ball? I don't know. I don't know. I just saw a pickoff move to Tommy Pham, so. <laughs> I think you're way behind on me. Oh, no, it was a foul ball. Okay. Uh, yeah, back to the pod. Let's uh, <laughs> let's dive into. The, back to uh, you guys living in the future who already know how this game ended. Um, let's go Twins and Yankees. Um, do you want to? you want to go off? 
I don't know if I want to go off, but I will on Giancarlo Stanton. I'm sorry, Mike Stanton, because in my... Has he earned it? He hasn't earned it yet? No, not at all. I don't give a shit about meaningless games. Deliver when it fucking counts, Mike. Because this guy is built like 1997 Dwayne Johnson. An absolute fucking Clydesdale in the batter's box. Yet he shies away and turns around like he's staring at the wall in the Blair Witch Project. And if you throw any semblance of a fucking breaking ball, he'll wave at it like Marilyn Monroe trying to catch her fucking dress over a sewer grate in Manhattan. He is the biggest timid giant I've ever seen in my fucking life. And I can't believe we're paying him another $215 million over the next eight years. Please make it worth it. I haven't seen this guy deliver once when it means something. I just need to see him do something. And it could be like what A-Rod did in 09. Get the monkey off your back and just start hitting. I don't give a shit what it takes. Just please fucking come through once. Because I know it's going to come down to him in a key situation. I can already see the stars aligning for misfortune on this one. It's going to come down to him. He's going to be like second and third with two outs. And he has a chance to take the lead or tie it. And he's going to fucking K. I'm waiting for it right now. I can see it. I'm envisioning it. Jesus. Hold no punches, seven. No. I love it. Uh, so, going forward to the entire series, I, I, I'm i leaning towards the Yankees, and I, I don't think it's going to be particularly close here. I think the, the Yankees win this in four. Mm-hmm. Um, I think I, I, I'm not a big... I've never been a big fan of predicting sweeps, but I am... But I think, you know, because I think especially in the playoffs, guy like a team can just get hot and or or ride the wave for a ride that home momentum for a day. Yeah, and still get absolutely just dominated it in a series. Yeah, I think as far as all the series go, this could be a sweep either way. I'm taking the Yankees, but I can oh. I can see this being an utter collapse for the Yankees too. And if that happens, then I'm doing the chop challenge. So, um, but I think the way these teams match up, the pitching is not particularly strong. At least the starting pitching isn't. So it, they're going to be bullpen games early and often, and the offenses are just on another level. So if the offenses show up, then it could just be an absolute slugfest. So whoever hits more home runs in the series could potentially win. But I, I think it could be a sweep because of that. Because there's too much unpredictability with the pitching. And both offenses are really good. So it's a matter of who gets hot and who stays hot. Because both these teams... team that scores more runs will win the game. Yes. See, there's that analysis you want. <laughs> but I, I do... That's why you come to the breakdown. Because <laughs> we have the hard-hitting questions and answer them with the most in-depth logic that would make Billy Bean come in his pants listening to that. <laughs> <laughs> oh i love it i love it so much i I love the the brand that we've created here of just fucking <laughs> the mix between awesome analysis and then out of no rko out of nowhere with just the team that scores more runs gonna win the game yeah it could happen <laughs> it's like fucking pepper brooks from dodgeball pepper needs new shorts <laughs> Yeah, he's not going to be able to see very well, Cotton. <laughs> the thing about a blindfold is it makes it tough to see. 
Oh my god! But yeah, I, this this series uh, this series could present the biggest chance for a sweep, just in terms of which team gets hot and who scores the most runs, because that's a big indicator in this yeah. game. Um, but yeah, I like the uh, Yankees. I like the Yankees in four. Like you, if we're if we're speaking conservatively, I, I do like that pick. All right, now going. Uh, we don't know the winner of this game yet. We'll probably save uh, the the Astros wild card winner uh, as long as we possibly can in this one. Uh, how about Cardinals Braves? We kind of talked about this one being the most evenly matched of the series. Where do you where do you lean in this? Because I I see it. It's a top. It's I a top see top. the Cardinals. I see the Cardinals because just because that Braves team is so freaking young. I see them collapsing in the moment rather than than stepping up to it. Yeah. Um. But that being said, that youth can also you know, flip the script in the other direction of exactly what I said about uh, about Tampa down the stretch, a team that's too stupid to know they're out of a game or out of a series for that matter. Yeah, look at them tonight right now. They're, they're, they are so stupid tonight because they put up a fucking they're four fucking spot <laughs> right away. <laughs> but that's what I'm saying. They just dominate. And, like, even if, honestly, even if it was the other way around and Oakland was on top, I wouldn't count this Tampa team out. Right. And so there's something to be said about youth, right, because – to your point, you can be too stupid to really know that you're out of a game. But it's also just like they really have nothing to lose because this is the building blocks of the future for them. And that, and that's why mm-hmm. the Braves could be dangerous. And that's why I'm taking the Braves. I think the Braves I, – I would say this this could go to five. But conservatively speaking, and it's going to be a common theme for me at least picking this, I think it's in four – because the X Factor, Mike Fultonavich, did I say his name right? If I did, I want to fucking pat. Yeah, back. I believe so. Nice. This guy has been sending absolutely you, sending you a pat out. from. Oh, thank you very much. Let me just grab that. And... <laughs> yep. Um, but yeah, no, I I like the Braves, um, and I like the Braves more because their bullpen's better now after the acquisitions of Shane Green and Mark Melanson. Then Mike Fultonavich being the X Factor in there, kind of being your your bridge guy in the bullpen, your fire, your emergency guy, you can break glass and just bring him in to put the fire out. Uh, that helps them so much, and the Cardinals don't have that guy right now. I know everyone's going to say it's Andrew Miller, but Andrew Miller has had an extremely Jekyll and Hyde season. So, yeah, I don't know if you can count on him right now in the biggest stage, the postseason, because he hasn't shown me anything that makes me believe otherwise the whole season. And... If we're looking at game one being the momentum or the tone setter, how do you not like Dallas Keuchel against My- or Miles Michaelis? Like just from a pure optics standpoint, a guy that's won rings before versus a guy who's just getting his feet wet in the postseason, I just don't know if I want to pick against that. Yeah, and I can't see... <clears throat> it's so hard because, like I said, these teams are just so evenly matched. Yeah, no, it's, I mean, and that's why I think it's going to come down to the bullpen, and I, and I honestly do think Mike Fultonavich is going to be the X factor in the series. I think when you have that, a guy like that that you can move around in different spots out of the pen to, you know, save a game, and not in the typical sense of saving it in the ninth, but just save a game from going off the rails, I think that's a huge bonus add to the Braves. And granted, the Braves are kind of limping into the postseason right now with all the injuries, but Snitaker said that they're all ready to go. NCRT is not going to be on the roster, which isn't a huge loss in, in itself. 
they have Billy Hamilton coming off the bench who can steal some bags. I, I just think the Braves are built better from a roster standpoint for the postseason. And it's not taking anything away from the Cardinals because I think the Cardinals have an unbelievable team. And their offense is amazing. They're, if they're all veterans, um, the pitching rotation, Flaherty, has been unreal. So, yeah, I think this could go to five. I, I would take the Braves in five on this one. So, I'm going to default to uh, what – I forget I forget what NBA analyst it was. There was an NBA, <laughs> NBA analyst that was doing – they were doing Cavs – Cavs and Warriors predictions back in the, the, that four straight finals. Mm-hmm. And, like, it was to a point where, like, everything I did was like, oh, you know, they're so close, but I see Cavs in seven. And the guy said on the air, he was like, he's like, the thing about predicting a, game, a, a series in seven games is anything can happen in seven, in game seven, or in this case, game five. Mm-hmm. So if you're predicting a series to go five games, you're basically saying, I don't know. These teams are too fucking even. Yeah, I really so, don't. Yeah, and this is the first time that I've, I've been opinionated enough about a team, or I, I'm I, the first time I haven't been opinionated enough to, to just say, oh yeah, it's gonna be six, or in, obviously in this case four. Um, so yeah, I think I'm saying cards in five. Yeah, and I don't think you can go wrong with either pick. Uh, to your you, point, you really can't. Like it's it's really gonna come down to just who's hot at the right at the right time. Um, and, and and anything can happen in those winner take all games. Exactly. I mean, we, we've seen it. Last night in a wild card game, which is a winner take all game. Tonight, this game is still only in the third inning, so who knows what's going to happen. But yeah, I, I don't know. I just this series has a lot of intrigue just because of how close it could be. Yeah. Um, so before we get to the the Astros series, uh, I want to know. Or I'm sorry, what, what else do we have? We we covered Twins, Yanks, Card and Braves. Oh, Dodgers and Nats. That's what we got to do. No, we covered. But them. before we get to. The, What's that? I think we covered the Dodgers and Nats, didn't we? Yeah, we did. That was first one. Fuck me. Um, <laughs> it's tough when we're juggling all these things, calling Jordan, watching the game. Uh, yeah, honestly, watching the game is the most difficult part of this. <laughs> I think it might be, but I kind of love it because I love watching baseball, so this is fucking <laughs> awesome. Oh, uh, well, th- that character dressed up like an A is Ugh, unique. That's gross. That's unique, to say the least. Anyway... If you're like me and you're tired of playing season-long fantasy or if you're into prop betting and DFS, but, I mean, if you're like me and you're tired of losing to teams, I got the app up. I've, I finally had to re-download the season, season-long fantasy app because I play my football, my fantasy football on the same app. Um, but if you're tired of losing to teams, like, what, what W-T, W-U-T is I-Z, <laughs> Bezbol, B-I, or B-E-I-B-O-L, question mark, or the Master Batters 2.0, or Joey's Bats 2.0s, the anti-Leafs, you get the idea. Or if you're, or you're just like me, and you're Tommy's team, and you come in last fucking place, and you're just looking for something new, <laughs> you got to check out Thrive Fantasy. It's an it's a daily uh, DFS app that uh, combines that with player props. It's really fun. It's the first of its kind. The way it works is you create a lineup uh, made up of your own prop bets. You pick over or under on a player's given stats. Like, I don't know, Yandy Diaz home runs. Um, and the more prop bets you guess correctly, the more points you, you get, the greater your chance you have at cashing in. You deposit 10 bucks and use our code breakdown thrive fantasy will match that up to with free credit up to 10 bucks. Use our link. Try it right now. They also got uh football daily fantasy, which I haven't played yet, but I'm sure is electric. 
Yeah, I haven't tried the football yet either. I think it's just because I'm in so many fucking leagues in football that I just don't have time or patience to fill out any more lineups than I have to. <laughs> so it's yeah, it's a blessing and a curse. Uh, I think I think daily fantasy, especially Thrive, is so much better with baseball than it is with any other sport. And that's why they, they hit the ground running with baseball and, and have the most baseball contests. Yeah, no, that's uh, that's, that's an interesting take. I kind of agree with that. And yeah, because I just don't want to do football because I have too much on my plate with football. Yeah, and like like football, <laughs> you set the lineup Thursday, let's say. Yeah. That's when I do it. I set my lineup Thursday and I double check it Sunday morning. Mm-hmm. Baseball, you got to check that shit every day. Yeah, you're a slave to the machine at that point. Yeah, and I fucking hate that. Whereas, like, Thrive Fantasy, I can just go, yeah, I'm going to play today. And then I can, you know, forget about it for two weeks. And then go, oh, I want to play today. You know what I mean? Yeah, no, I. that's a good point. Because, yeah, I, sometimes I don't want to check every fucking day. So Exactly. I don't get out people. Like, I can, I can sit here and say I play in five season-long fantasy football leagues. Oh, Jesus. But, but one baseball league was an absolute chore for me which is why i deleted the app in may (laughs) (laughs) oh my god tommy's going dark yeah tommy went dark i i was paid up already which is better than half the league um yeah so you're good just pissing money away at that point but i mean it was a 25 dollar donation when you really think about it yeah it's true um charitable (laughs) i can write that off can't i yeah it's a write-off it's, it's always a write-off. All, right. <laughs> All right, we got to stop stalling. We're in the thir- we're only in the bottom of the third. Um, Oakland has scratched one across. It's 4-1. Are we going to go ahead and assume that Tampa goes on to win this thing? Duh. Yeah. Yeah, we are. Even though when you assume you make an ass out of you and me. but That's, what, that's how the saying goes. Yeah, but let's just assume. I. Yeah. Let's assume that this, and you know what, just to tickle the fancy, um, there's a sweet little plus 321 on Oakland right now, Um, so in the future, you know if I'm $32 richer or not. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) Just, just, you know, another write-off, another donation for Tommy tonight. Either a donation or uh, we're hedging the bad content that we're about to produce. Exactly, yeah. (laughs) So... This could go down as one of our worst takes of the year, and I love that it's in the postseason. So, of course, why wouldn't it be? Exactly. So, all right, we're assuming that Tampa holds on to this thing. Uh, like we said, we're in the bottom of the third. It's four one now. Uh, so Astros v Tampa. This is the only one that I would say could be a sweep. But going back to what I said about Tampa being too stupid to know they're out of a game or a series. I'm going to guess they steal a game, and I'm guessing they're going to steal one on the road. Ooh, okay. And then I'm going to go ahead and just assume that, that Houston walks into uh, into Tampa and says, get out of here, you olds, this is our house. <laughs> or, some reverse psychology, does Tampa not being able to sell out any part of that ballpark create an almost eerie effect for Houston to show up, and it's like, a simulated spring game and they don't know how to act <laughs> because there's no energy at all. Um, Something to think about. It could happen. I actually don't hate that. <laughs> I mean, I'm thinking they about fucking, it. 
they fucking run out in game one. Like, they're all amped like, up. What? This should be fucking loud here. Yeah, like, <laughs> where the fuck is everyone? Why are there so many blue seats? And why do I hear distant cowbells on the first baseline? Well, it's like uh, the Miami Heat. Not to continue to shit on Florida, but when they were in the playoffs and they and they had whiteouts and the fans didn't show up on time, they had to fucking cover the seats in a white cloth. Yes. Oh my god. Was yeah that that was at the uh, the BBC. The BBC. <laughs> oh my. Yes. Yes, that was at the Bang Bros Center. Yep. Gotta love it. <laughs> Taking the kids oh, out to the Bang Bros like- Center. Um, <laughs> Jesus Christ. No, I, in all seriousness, yeah, I think the Astros would take care of either of these teams pretty handily. Um, but I think it is kind of interesting to think about, who knows, maybe a little reverse psychology from Kevin Cash, the mad scientist, saying, everyone stay home. Yeah. We'll take care of this with no one here. What the fuck is the temperature in Oakland right now that, that Kevin Cash is rocking the winter jacket? Um... I'd say mid fifties, low sixties. It's sixty-five degrees. Well, I mean, in Kevin's fairness, they're used to having the climate-controlled uh, roof under the roof of uh, Tropicana, so they're not used to the outdoors very much. They don't get out often. So, in his defense, <laughs> I'll give him that. And because maybe he's taking out for the olds, because. It could be 90 fucking That's degrees That's true, real bones. Yeah, and just, they'll be wearing their fucking winter jackets walking down St. Pete, so, who knows? Um, if Oakland does find a way to come back and win this, I am confident in saying that I think Houston sweeps them out of the series. Yeah, I think either of these teams could, could probably get swept by Houston. This is the one series that has the least amount of intrigue for me, just yeah. because I, it's Houston. Like, I think until... Houston has to play. <laughs> they're good. <laughs> they're really good. Um, there's more analysis for you. No, I. Th- <laughs> <laughs> this is why people come to Gaff to Gaff. Exactly. I don't know why we're laughing. This is why people come here. <laughs> yeah, this is this is what you get. Um, I think until the, the Astros advance to the championship series, they're probably not going to be tested by either of these teams tonight. Again, who the fuck am I? Am I to say this because? I'm actually now kind of actually believing that Tampa will have that reverse psychology effect on Houston. Watch, they're going to sell out game one. Th- or would, game three, I'm sorry. That would be the dumbest thing oh. they can do. <laughs> <laughs> the worst thing they could possibly do is put fans in the seats. Yeah, just keep them home. Like, let them buy tickets, but make sure they watch it outside on like flat screens surrounding St. Pete. Like, go full Toronto style. Yeah, just don't go into the stadium. I want it to. I, oh. I want to hear a fucking pin drop in that place. Just, just be able to hear fucking uh, everything. Alex Bregman fucking curse out an umpire on a bad call. Yep, I want to hear all of it. I I want to hear that one idiot that showed up banging his cowbell like an like an absolute moron. That reminds me of. Uh, do you remember when they didn't let fans in the seats in Baltimore that one that one year? No. Or not one year. It was a one day. There was one day. There was ball, There was riots going on in Baltimore. Let's, I'm going to see if I can look it up. Uh, Wait, was this recent? This was within the last 10 years. Okay. Riots in Baltimore? Well, I guess you could pick any time for that. Yikes. Yikes. <laughs> Edit that out. <laughs> Baltimore Orioles empty stadium game. Uh, yeah, here we go. 
Uh, this was in 2015. The Baltimore Orioles will play a game against the Chicago White Sox in an empty stadium on Wednesday, the team has announced. Hmm. Tuesday's decision came in wake of a violent disaster in the city after a funeral of Freddie Gray, a 25-year-old black male who died after being injured while in police custody. The team already postponed the first two games in the series, scheduled Monday and Tuesday. The third game will be played as scheduled on Wednesday, but the stadium will be closed to the public. So taking all that horrible news out, and just for a second... I mean, no one goes to the games as it is, so was it really that much different? I'm sending you the game on uh, our productivity app right now, and it's the that's the full game, but you can just kind of skip around in it, and I want a live reaction from you. You got it? I think so. Oh my god. It, <laughs> so you talked about... Um, so if you go to the 24-minute mark, just... oh. Chris Davis throwing the ball onto the stands. Yeah, just seeing the one baseball like hop between the seats. Oh no, that's not even what I was talking about. There's a there's a minute in this game, and I wish I could find it. I'm watching the abbreviated version right now. Uh, Chris Davis makes there's an out at first, and Chris Davis turns and throws the ball into the stands like he would any other time, but there's nobody there. That's like. That's got to be such a weird feeling. Because even in, like, literally growing up, like, your parents would fucking be at the game. Yeah. Like, this, no one. So weird. Did they, do you think they had, like, a PA announcer going there to announce them, like, going up to the I bat? bet they did. Like, how, I bet they did. How humiliating is that for everyone involved? Not only for the guy. Now that, batting for the Orioles. Third baseman number 10, Manny Machado. <laughs> no one no one claps. I'm sorry, he was 13 in Orioles in the Orioles, but still. Yeah. Um the the effect stays. Yeah, it's uh <laughs> just fucking like tumbleweeds going across short. Yeah, so that was depressing. That's great. Um <laughs> That was depressing. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, where oh, okay, that was from uh that was with the, the Tampa Bay if they were to not open it up to their fans. You ever okay? Do you ever have moments in this where you're just like, "How the fuck did we get here?" Yeah, every week, <laughs> every fucking week, and that's why people come to Gap to Gap. Jesus Christ! Yeah, no, it's uh, it's a unique flair that we have because it is to say the least. Yeah. Oh my! To God. say the least. All right, you want to rock some curtain calls, and we'll get back to watching this game. Yeah, I do. All right. Um, so my curtain call is going to be, I'm going to, I'm going to go all four series and that's going to be my curtain call. I'm going to go all four series in exact games. Ooh. Yankees in four, Cardinals in five, Dodgers in three, Astros in three. I'm sorry. Dodgers in four, Astros in three. Hmm. Okay. I got a curtain call. The Twins will hit more home runs than the Yankees in this series and still lose. I like that. I like that a lot. That might be my most reserved curtain call in any episode we've ever done. That might be the most fun curtain call to watch play out. That's true, because the last week's... Uh, no, because last week's curtain call, I said I would do a fucking chop challenge if the Yankees lose, so... Fair. Fair enough. So really hoping right, that the Yankees sorry. win. Watching the... <sighs> yeah. I can't wait till they go down 2-0 
and you have to watch Game 3. Not only as a Yankees fan that your season might be done, but also knowing that you might have to fucking cook. Yep, on a live stream with the breakdown directing me what to do. That'd be great. Oh, I love that. I love it so much. All right, um, one last last minute impromptu bit. Uh, best uniforms in the playoffs. Let's go. Actually, let's go playoffs based on uniforms here. Okay. Because again, if we're if we're staying along the string of high quality content. Yankees twins. Yankees. Who is the best? I Oh, you're terrible. You're such a homer. Pinstripes, come on. The pinst Oh, don't we're, we'll get into this when we go elimination chambers in the offseason. <laughs> nah, how can you not love the Yankees pinstripes? It's just that's a- it's pretty simple. Yes. The twins have the twins have one of the cleanest alternate uniforms I've ever seen. Um and the Yankees don't even rock in alternate uniform. They don't need them. If we're going straight homes and straightaways, then fine. I'll give it to the Yankees. But if we're going entire uniform sets, I lean twins. Okay. You're entitled to your opinion, sir. Cardinals, Braves. Uh, cards, because of the powder blues. Yep. Couldn't agree more there. Even though the Braves do have a powder blue in the pocket. Do they? Um, they don't wear them, okay. but they could. Oh, okay. Um, Dodgers and Nationals. Can the Nationals technically not wear the Expos uniforms anymore? They can technically not wear the... Well, they did, actually. Okay, so the, the They Nationals. wore them... They Wait. Yeah, they did wear them this year. Um, yeah, I'm going Natitude. Mm-hmm. Uh, Astros and either of the wildcard teams. Oh, shit. Ah, fuck. I, the A's have the cleanest... Yep, they, they, good man. They have the cleanest unis. I'm, I'm there with you. Okay, so A's, Yankees. Well, you know I gotta say the Yankees. <laughs> All right, well, you can be wrong all the way to the World Series because the A's are taking that. <laughs> uh, yeah, no, I guess un- unbiased, I'd probably take the Kelly Greens. Yep. Cards and Nats. Oh, shit. If the Expos are the equation, I have to go the Nats, but I know they're not because they're not a real franchise anymore, so I'll take the Cards. I'm taking the cards as well, which brings us to cards and A's for our uniform World Series. Gotta go A's. Kelly Green's just, they ran supreme. And they had the yellow also. They the- oh, I forgot about the yellows. I was about to lean Cardinals, but yeah, you gotta, you gotta lean, you gotta lean A's. So Oakland, uh, taking home the wild card, or the, the, uh, uh, I'm editing that out. Uh, this is gonna be a tough edit job for me. <laughs> I fucking sucked today. Um, taking home the uniform World Series. Um, so, f- for whatever that counts. <laughs> it doesn't show up in the score box, but, hey. It shows up on Gaps to Gap, and that's what you come here for. Exactly. Alright, first seven, I'm Tommy. Thank you to Jordan for coming in. Thank you to Public. Be like me, and, uh, make random irresponsible purchases, like $65 worth of breakdown gear. Um, because why not? Um... And uh, support T Public, support local artists. Shout out to Sea Geek. You use promo code Breakdown, twenty dollars off your first Sea Geek purchase. And Thrive Fantasy, ten bucks matching with a PayPal deposit. Thrive Fantasy prop up with us. Seven. It's October. We're in the thick of it. We are. And actually, by the time we record next, I think we'll be on to the championship series too. We could potentially be. Um, yeah, we could potentially uh, championship series. Yeah. <laughs>
I'm leaving that one in. <laughs> Alright, before I give myself an aneurysm with my inability to talk today, we are out. See ya!